Welcome to the Let's Talk Sciences Declassified STEM Survival Guide podcast. My name is Audrey and I'm one of the site coordinators at Let's Talk Science, also known as LTS at the University of Manitoba. And my name is Ramir and I am uh, one of the assistant coordinators at LTS at the University of Manitoba. You are now listening to episode four, Becoming a Pharmacist. The fourth and final episode for uh, our first podcast series, The Farm Survival Guide. If you haven't listened to our first three episodes, we highly recommend listening to learn more about what the application process is like for the College of Pharmacy at the U of M and what it's like being a PharmD student. And before we officially begin, just a disclaimer once again, that the experiences of our guests today are not a reflection of all pharmacy students and all pharmacists. Everyone has different experiences and stories to share. And if you are thinking about applying to the co College of Pharmacy at the U of M, we did link the PharmD program admission requirements bulletin in, in the description for your reference for a more thorough explanation from the College of Pharmacy at the U of M. Right. So joining us today are our special guest, Snimmer Bali, a fourth year pharmacy student and president of the University of Manitoba Pharmacy Students Association, and Anu Kunu, a hospital pharmacist at Health Sciences Center and the current quality assurance committee member with the College of Pharmacists. And fun fact, Snimmer and Anu were Let's Talk Science volunteers in the past and were very involved in helping organize events for high school students and even packaging kits for school outreaches so welcome back to LTS we're happy to have you both join us today thanks for, thanks for having us <laughs> yeah so um to start I guess you are both part or have been a part of the University of Manitoba Pharmacy Students Association also known as UMSA so Snimmer you're currently the president and I knew you were the senior co-stick of UMSA before Snimmer. Could you tell us a little bit more about what your role is, Snimmer, and was Anu in, in UMSA? Uh, sure. Um, Anu, did you want to go first? No, or? you can go ahead. Okay. Um, so for president for UMSA, usually that's a two-year position. Um, so usually it's now the names are changing, but before it was called uh, junior co-stick is what you would come into the position as. And then when you became, um, I guess, the position for the next year, you were referred to as a senior co-stick. And now the position titles are changing to be um, president-elect and president. Um, so essentially the role was representing pharmacy students, um, essentially at dean's meetings, uh, college council, faculty council, um, as well as within the board of senior co-sticks within RADI itself. Um, so it is quite a bit of a hefty role. You're sitting on a quite a few meetings. Um, and on top of those roles, you're also helping to lead student council events. Um, so most likely running meetings, delegating tasks, and just making sure everyone within, everyone within council is comfortable doing their job. Um, also responsible for sending out any announcements and updates you might get from representatives external to the college as well as internal. Um, both the junior and senior also do speak at the white coat ceremony for first years. Um, so that's also really, really exciting to be a part of wel welcoming new students into the profession. Um, and then we, Anu, did you want to maybe bring up any other things that? Um, in addition to the first year um, ceremony, yes. white coat ceremony, once you do graduate, you'll also be speaking at, you'll give a final address to your colleagues in fourth year. So I think that's something pretty exciting as well. And I think Sneemar mentioned everything essentially. 
Um, you're basically the liaison between faculty and the student body. Your role really is to represent the pharmacy students. And as your roles in UMSA, is there a favorite like part of being an UMSA that you really love? Hmm. I think that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I can tell you my favorite and least favorite part. <laughs> okay. I'll start with least favorite, like probably responding to emails. I think oh, there, there's definitely yeah. a lot sometimes. Um, we have that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I found myself like in between classes, just like responding to emails, but like mm. I've gotten better at it now where I like set aside a time to do it. Um, but probably mm. emails is my least favorite. Um, my favorite part is probably just working with everyone on council. Um, we have a really, really great team so far. And I think this year in itself has been fairly challenging for council just to plan events for our students. Um, and it's nice just to get everyone to work together on like, I guess, essentially we've had to be very innovative this year. So it's nice to see everyone kind of come together and work together. Um, and yeah, no, I really enjoy working with everyone on council. And I think that would be, probably be my favorite part. I would definitely echo those thoughts as well. I think managing emails and sending communication to students to make sure that everybody got access to things, especially people that weren't on social media was very challenging, especially balancing, with, balancing it with schoolwork. But definitely most enjoyable were, um, were the people that you got to work with and both on the college side and also with the student body. Like I still have some very close friends that I made through council. That's awesome. <laughs> So from, from those responses uh, themselves, I can tell you guys are really very hardworking. And um, I know I'd just like to uh, ask you this question. Uh, I know that you're a current member of the Quality Assurance Committee mm -hmm. for the College of Pharmacists. Uh, perhaps you could uh, give our listeners um, some details of what your role is um, uh, with the uh, College of Pharmacists and what, what are you uh, exactly doing? Yeah, so with the College of Pharmacists, I guess the main thing is that the college exists to protect the interests of the public. So as part of the Quality Assurance um, Committee, we meet every few months and our goal is primarily to provide information to the college to make sure that they're making the best decisions when it comes to improving the quality of pharmacy services provided to the public. Right now, the large project that we're working on has to do um, with safety IQ. So it looks at the reporting of errors and community pharmacies and how we can translate this to um, better performance in pharmacies. All right, awesome. Um, so you both are in the field of pharmacy. So I guess all of our listeners may be wondering, so why did you pursue the field of pharmacy? What sparked your interest and how did you know that this is something that you wanted to pursue? That's a really good question. Any, did you want to go first for this one or um, did you want? Sure, I, I can go first for this one. Um, why did I choose pharmacy? I think I was first exposed to pharmacy as a grade six student. We had to interview um, someone who, like a different healthcare profession. And I'd interviewed my aunt who was a pharmacist. At that time, she was a community pharmacist, but now she also works with Health Sciences Center. And I just remember her being so passionate about the work that she did and um, the way she related with her patients. And that kind of stuck in my mind. As I moved through school, um, my parents had, we'd kind of come to an agreement that they would help support me through school as long as I chose a, um, a professional program to pursue and study. So I kind of narrowed it down that I was either going to be a pharmacist, a dentist, or a lawyer. And my plan was that I would apply to all the programs and whichever one took me first is what I would do. And back then, pharmacy, you needed a minimum of one year to um, before applying. So when I applied, I ended up getting it. And that was kind of how I continued with my pursuit of pharmacy. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine, mine's nearly not as long as yours, but uh, 
So essentially for me, um, I think I first heard kind of like pharmacy pop into my mind when I was probably in grade 11. Um, we had someone in our high school actually come give us a talk. And usually we had a lot of guest lecturers, especially past alumni who would come in and, you know, um, just speak to the class regarding what they're doing after graduation. And one of the students was actually a pharmacist. Um, so that made me kind of dig into the field of pharmacy a bit more. Um, I probably would say I did a lot of the research myself. Um, I didn't necessarily talk to a pharmacist, but I did do a bit more research in terms of the types of jobs that were available, um, I guess, for a person who was interested in pursuing pharmacy, whether that be community hospital research or anything like that. Um, the one thing that really appealed to me was most likely the life and work style work style balance almost. Um, so it was nice that, you know, jobs are nine to five, I mean, you weren't on, on call, um, which I really liked. And for me, I was always very geared towards specializing within something within healthcare. Um, my initial plan was medicine, but then the time length of med medicine really appealed to me as much. Um, and I really liked how pharmacy, even when I applied, was only a one, one year pre-requirement before getting in. Um, so that's something that kind of made me want to pursue the field even more um, and why I'm still in it. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very good to know because um, definitely I know that a lot of, uh, you know, youth, they, a lot of them are not really sure, of, yeah. you know, what they really want to mm -hmm. do. So it's good to know that, you know, this is how you found your interest in these, in the field. And I just got to say, Anna, now you, you're from your story. Now you'll work with you. With your <laughs> yeah, client. I was wondering. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> She's in the sterile pharmacy, GG4 pharmacy, and I'm in inpatients, but we do run into each other at the hospital. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. What do you say to each other? Are you like, hey, remember when I was So uh, anyways, um, Snimmer, uh, this question is mm -hmm. for you. Um, you are currently in your fourth year, uh, or yeah, your, your final year at the College of Pharmacy. Mm -hmm. I just want to clarify that because fourth year, like, you know, as you know, the program is changing. Right. So you're in your final yes. year. And how has your fourth year been as a pharmacy student thus far? Oh, that's a great question. Probably like a whirlwind of stress. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I think Anu could probably feel that on my end. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it's it's been great. Like I... It's honestly a bag of mixed emotions, I would say. I'm excited to be looking forward to graduating, but also terrified at the same time because you're like, oh, no, I can't use the I'm just an ex student excuse anymore. Like, <laughs> um, so that's a little bit scary. Um, but it's it's exciting to know that I'm going to be start, starting to work in my field and I guess just make a name for myself, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. I think the most stressful part about fourth year right now is probably just getting ready for our licensing exam. Um, so that those are known as the PBCs. So um, that's something that all pharmacy students across the country have to write in order to become licensed as a pharmacist. Um, and it, it is probably an exam that our professors tell us we're supposed to be spending four years studying for. Um, but most people like start maybe a month or, <laughs> or so in. I'm starting a bit earlier, but I think that has been a little bit overwhelming just because there's so much information to know. Um, but no, it, it's been good. Like I, I'm currently on rotations. It's just, it's just been busy, honestly. But good. <laughs> good. I'm excited. Yeah. Actually. So uh, yeah, you mentioned that uh, Anu could 
probably echo what you're saying. So I don't know, what, what, what do you have to say about your final year as um, a pharmacy student when you were? Very much like Sonora, it was, it's, it's very much a blur. You're very busy, lots of different activities going on related to grad. I know COVID has probably changed some of that a little bit, but still I can imagine mm -hmm. how busy it must be. And then the stress of studying for your PVCs. Um, it is a very, very challenging mm -hmm. exam, but one that I think U of M prepares us for. And also since you started studying so early, I have no doubt that you'll be successful in it. Oh, thanks, Anil. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so you mentioned rotations. What are <laughs> rotations sort of like in your final year? For sure. Um, so rotations with the BSc program. So my class is actually the last class to graduate with the BSc. Um, so I think Ramir referred to it a bit earlier, but our program is currently transitioning into a PharmD program. So those rotations mm. probably will sound and look a bit differently. Um, but for the BSc program in my final year, I do three rotations. Uh, the first one's a community block rotation. So essentially a student will pick a community pharmacy to uh, work at for six weeks. Um, and during that rotation, oftentimes you're almost basically taking on the role of a pharmacist. Um, so that includes counseling patients, um, managing problems as they come up, answering any drug-related questions or anything essentially the pharmacist would do during their typical day. Um, so that's the community rotation. Uh, a hospital rotation is a next, the next rotation that you would do. And that essentially is at a hospital um, within any one of their specialties. So for instance, um, you can work in inpatients like a new, or you can work um, within pediatrics or dialysis. Uh, there's a whole range of different specialties uh, pharmacists actually work with. Um, so it's nice to know just how broad our scope of practice actually is. Um, so I just finished up my hospital rotation. I was at St. Boniface Hospital um, in adult medicine. And essentially that's very similar to inpatients at HSC. I hope a new had to yes, correct me is. if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, hmm. Probably Anu could speak more about her experience as well, but from my experience, I it was such a terrific rotation. I definitely learned a lot, um, and I feel like it's helped me grow a lot as a pharmacist and the type of pharmacist that I like to be in the future. Um, so we talked about two of them, and then the last rotation that you essentially would do as a fourth-year student is an elective. Um, so an elective mm -hmm. is basically a place of your choosing. Uh, typically, pharmacy students like to travel for this rotation, but because of our circumstances, we weren't able to. Um, so most students will travel across the world. Usually, like, we've had a lot of students go to Australia in the past, uh, Europe, um, uh, Vietnam, Philippines. Um, and essentially, you try to see kind of what a pharmacist would do abroad. Um, but you don't always have to travel. You can also do uh, an elective rotation within Manitoba. And this year, unfortunately, for the students who weren't allowed to travel, we had to all pick our electives in Manitoba. Um, so I'm doing my elective um, actually coming up on Monday in pediatric surgery. Um, so I'm very excited cool. about that. And that's going to be at HSC. So I'm looking forward to it. I might run into a new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Anu, what was it like for you when you were doing rotations in your final year? Yeah, so I was part of the BSc um, farm program. So for me, it was very mm -hmm. similar. Um, my elective, I didn't actually travel during that time. Rather, I stayed at the college um, with one of our professors and it was essentially an academic rotation. I was very, and still am quite interested in academia. And so I wanted to find out what the experience was like um, coming up with um, lecture content and teaching. So that was what I where, I where I did my elective. And then for my hospital rotation, I was at the VIC 
um, which had the benefit of being close to home, but also prior to um, the emergency being changed to urgent care, they had a full-time pharmacist there. So it was very fast paced, but I, like Samar, I definitely learned a lot. And then my fourth year community pharmacy rotation was very much the same where you really are the pharmacist and you learn a lot of skills that will help you function as a pharmacist independently. Um, Samar, I'd just like to um, know, uh... This one could be useful for me too, to be <laughs> honest, because I'm, uh, I'm like only in my second year <laughs> of microbiology sure. degree, undergraduate. <laughs> yeah. So, um, comparing from now that you're um, in your final year of the program, and compare that with when when you first started in the program during your first year, or even before that, like the the one year prereq. How have you learned to work on your say your time management and your work ethic? And because I know that. I would assume that as you, you know, progressively um, go higher in, in grade levels, of course, um, you you're the the material that's going to be presented to you uh, is either tougher or there's a lot more uh, in quantity that's being brought out. Like the difference in course right. loads, for example. Like for example, undergraduate you're taking five mm -hmm. usually, but when you're in the program, six or seven or maybe more. Um, what can you say that about that? That is an that? excellent question. Um, <laughs> eat, sleep, pharmacy, repeat. But no, <laughs> there's no. <laughs> um, I would say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I would say honestly, the time management for myself has always been a challenge. It's something that I've, I've had to adapt to each year within the program, just because each year is so different. Um, I would say starting my first year, I agree like it was quite overwhelming i did have a full course load um not in my first semester but i did in my second um and essentially you're you're right you're taking like six seven eight classes in my second year i, was, I felt like i was in nine i think i was <laughs> it was a blur i blocked it out um but <laughs> but yeah you're taking a lot of classes at once and um sometimes you feel like all you're doing is school and that's a little bit hard to adjust to um prior to getting into pharmacy i was also working a bit and I was able to see a bit of my friends, um, but I found that when I got into pharmacy, that, that all changed a bit for me. Um, I wasn't able to work during the year in my first year just because I kind of wanted to see, I wanted to feel out the program, see kind of what I was getting myself into and try to adjust accordingly. Um, and it was tough. Like, if I have to be honest, it was. Um, some days are very overwhelming. I also live quite far away from Valentine campus, so I felt a lot of my time was spent even just traveling which honestly is quite draining in itself and it, it takes a lot out of you. Um, and sometimes classes start super early in the morning and to get there on time, um, it does require you to get up a bit early in the day. And then the time when you finish school, sometimes it's even later in the day. So essentially your days are very long. Um, I think for me, the one thing that just helped me to stay on track and to manage my time was just to have a calendar for myself. I think that was probably my saving grace throughout school and still is to this day um, by allowing myself to just kind of write down, I guess, the first day when you attend classes, your professors give you a syllabus similar to what happens in undergrad. I think for me, writing down important exam dates, anything coming up, I'm able to kind of write down in my calendar right away and then kind of schedule my days around those, um, especially if I know I have an exam coming up soon, I probably won't, you know, budget time to spend time with friends unfortunately probably just studying but I found having a calendar was probably the best thing I could do for myself um I think even in second year once I started picking up more roles within council 
that in itself was sometimes overwhelming and managing time became a different challenge. Um, but I think if you write yourself a to-do list every day and just try to at least accomplish a couple tasks on that to-do list, you'd be surprised kind of how far I'll get you through your day. And I think that's probably the best advice I could give. And I mean, for everyone, it's going to be very different. But I would say try to, I guess, try different techniques and see kind of what sticks and works with you. Um, and hopefully that kind of works out and you're able to kind of not be too overwhelmed by everything going on around you for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and actually, I'm still working on that. Absolutely. I've just read this book yep. called um, Atomic Habits <laughs> by James Clear. Oh, yeah, it's been talking about it. Oh. So, yeah. So for the listeners, you know, check check that book out. It uh, sure. changed my life, I guarantee. <laughs> Keep quoting anyways, from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, any, any piece of advice from that book that kind of stuck with you? Um, right in the first chapter, actually, um, mm -hmm. James Clear, the author, talked about there's three layers of yourself, which is basically, it's kind of like the skin of an onion. Outer layer is right. your goal. The second layer is your habit. And the first layer is your identity. And mm -hmm. most people focus on the outer layer first, which is the um, goals. But what he suggested was that it's better to focus on changing your identity first then everything else will come along. So, wow. yeah. And then a lot of things more into it, like compounding and what you say kind of like the law of attraction everything's gonna mm -hmm. come through but you guys That's should check it out i don't want to spoil anything so sounds <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> thank you all right so i just want to go back to like the rotations because i'm really interested like um has there been a favorite experience during your rotations that sort of positively impacted you or or sort of moved you uh in a way um sort of motivated you oh yes like i really want to become a pharmacist this is like this is something i really want to do and it sort of like reaffirmed sort of your your passion um yeah no i think i've had a, quite a few moments like that as a student um i think one that kind of comes to mind right away is my recent rotation at saint boniface hospital um i was rounding with the team in the morning and prior to rounding so essentially i'll sorry i'll explain what rounding is um so when you're working in the hospital, uh, you work with a team of other healthcare professionals. Um, essentially, that team is comprised of nurses, doctors, uh, physiotherapists, physicians assistants, and so much more. And essentially, that team is responsible for however many patients are on that floor um, that day. And so the team always constantly changes. Um, and a big part of the team are students, um, so medical students, um, as well as pharmacy students, and even some nursing students sometimes. Um, so essentially before rounds, you're going to what they call work up your patients, and that essentially means you're going to read into their history, uh, try to write down anything you might want to bring up on rounds to discuss with the team, and essentially that team is responsible for planning that patient's care. Um, so it's very important to you know, know your patients well, and that's why um, usually we come in a bit earlier, just so we're prepared when rounds actually begin. Mm -hmm. um, and so my experience was I was working up this patient in the morning before rounds and they were on a very interesting medication um, for a, a COPD exacerbation. And COPD essentially is like a respiratory illness. Um, so oftentimes patients who have COPD can sometimes get very, like very, very sick um, and they require antibiotics in order to be treated. Um, and this patient had 
an extensive list of prior medical conditions, um, and one of them were um, was called AFib. So essentially, it's I don't know how to describe it. Um, I guess essentially it's just it's a heart condition it, where your heart's not working of, properly. Or fibrillate, so it's um, not able to contract the way a normal exactly. heart would. Yes, mm. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this patient uh, was being treated with antibiotics for his exacerbation. And one of the antibiotics he was given in emergency was azithromycin as well as levofloxacin. And the one careful things you have to look at when you're looking at this antibiotic is to read the patient's ECG, which is essentially it's like a a graph of their heart rhythms, essentially. Um, and sometimes these medications can cause QT prolongation and that can extend, basically it can make their heart go really fast and cause them to go into an arrhythmia, which is not good. Um, so this is something that I kind of read up on when I was doing my workup for the patient and I noticed no one had ordered this patient an EKG, which is something that you might want to look at when you're when you're starting a patient on an antibiotic, especially if the antibiotic causes something like QT prolongation. Um, so I asked one of the residents um, to, if I could get a copy of their chart to see if it was done, and it wasn't. And they're very um, usually when patients get admitted, they get one done on admission. So I looked at the admission EKG, and the QT was already prolonged, and they had already been on these antibiotics for three days. Um, and so I asked the student to um, get another EKG stat and noticed that when the stat EKG came back, the patient was essentially almost going to go into torsades, which is like a very, very bad arrhythmia that could essentially cause the patient to die. Mm. Um, so for me as a student, I was able to realize kind of what was going on with the patient, something that may have caused it, and then intervene. So I recommended to the team on rounds when that happened, uh, my suggestion in terms of stopping the antibiotic and switching the patient to a safer one. Um, and I think everyone on the team really appreciated it because no one had picked up on it. Um, so for me as a student, I think that's really rewarding, especially noticing, I guess, how much your role can contribute to someone's care. Wow. Um, I think often sometimes pharmacy can be dismissed as like kind of behind the scenes and you might not actually know what a pharmacist does until, you know, they actually have to intervene. And I think for me, that experience probably will stick with me for the rest of my life just because it was like I was actually able to pick up on something that maybe the team may have missed and actually act on it um I think was a really rewarding experience and the patient actually did a lot better when he switched his antibiotics so that was nice to actually follow up on as well wow it's an awesome story (laughs) yeah you basically just saved saved someone's life saved someone's life (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Come on, guys. Real life heroes right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Anu? Was there sort of a, a riveting moment during your rotations, mm. during your final year? During my final year, it served more so as a way of like reinforcing and building the skills that I had. I think in third year, I was when I had done my hospital rotations, I was very overwhelmed and it actually sworn off hospital pharmacy entirely. I was very content to work in community pharmacy. Um, but when I went into my rotations in fourth year and I was able to apply some, some more of what we had learned in school and also just learned how each institution worked, I think I became a lot more comfortable and confident in with my work. So I would say with when it comes to rotations, especially as you get closer to graduating, going there with an open mind and being ready to learn and put in the work really makes the, the most difference. Okay. 
Awesome. I 100% agree with you, Anu. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We've been talking about your uh, lives in university and um, the ro rotations, which are very interesting and inspiring stories, um, absolutely. And um, let's talk about um, Anu for yourself since um you've been kind of out of the game as you say you know you've been <laughs> sorry I, I don't mean to to be to offend you that that's not that's not wrong but um, what i meant was um i mean you know you you're already in the field and you've graduated are there any um aspects of school that oh for sure a hundred percent you're working so Actually, when I finished my BSc form, I went to U of A to go do my PharmD. So I got to experience, you know, the school life for a little bit longer. Um, I would say probably what I missed the most was this very structured learning. And then your colleagues, like your friends that you make in pharmacy school. There's, I don't know how to describe it, but there's something about kind of suffering together <laughs> going through school. that It just <laughs> it helps build some like really great friendships that I still have up till today. So I think those are probably the two things that I missed the most about being in school. Because when you're in school, all the information that you need to learn, for the most part, it's laid out so nicely in lectures. They give you all the resources that you need to look through. You're tested on it. You understand exactly what you need to do to get a certain grade. But then when you're practicing, it's really all on you. If there's something that you're not familiar with, you need to go and find out that information. You're not reporting to anybody, really. It's like up to you to make sure you're taking care of your patients the way um, you're supposed to. And I find that, yes, you have some really good work friends, but it's it's a, it's a lot different when you compare to when you're in school where you're with these people every single day in classes and then in the evenings you might study together. So you, you do get to get become really close friends with people. So I think those are the two things that I probably miss the most about school. Are you still... um? tight or uh yeah. in connection with i think i like agree with anu because it's like it's a different type of friendship when you cry in front of each other <laughs> if i have to be honest <laughs> if i really have to be honest like i would really like echo what anu just said because the amount of things you go through together is just unmanageable. like it's i'm not trying to scare anyone away from doing it but it's it, it is a very like memorable experience um and some days some days will honestly get the best yeah. of you and you just you just need a friend mm -hmm. and i think having your classmates there who are going through the same thing every day um mm -hmm. builds such a great friendship mm -hmm. um and i really hope like a new has right now like the friends that i've made in, in pharmacy school today i'm hoping to have for the rest of my life because i i would say i'm not confident in our friendship um being for like that long essentially mm -hmm. yeah everyone needs a support system so yeah mm -hmm. all right mm -hmm. so anu after you graduated from pharmacy what was the first couple of months like how did it feel finally living your dream <laughs> so the first time i graduated from pharmacy at the u of m the first couple of months i was completing my internship so very busy time as well and then i I think at that time I knew that I was going to farm day school already. I'd already received, um, gotten accepted into the program. So planning to move to a different province. So very busy time. You're still, you have a preceptor as an intern, but the responsibility really is yours to make sure you're taking care of your patients. So I think like Snimmer mentioned, you can't use the excuse that, oh, I'm just a student. It's like, actually, you know, you're the pharmacist. So someone has a question or if there's an interaction they need to take care of, you need to do it. So I think that was challenging. When I graduated from my PharmD program, 
I think it was really nice to have a little bit of a break before I started working at the hospital. But I think there was also another shift in responsibility because now it's like, okay, in community, you might not have access to patient's lab work. In fact, you don't really have access to patient's lab work. And in hospital, you do. So you have to make better informed decisions about maybe reducing the particular dose based on a patient's renal function, or if you're going to be making recommendations um, based on drug interactions or things that you've seen or identified from the patient's past medical history. So I think the transition was challenging, but it was definitely like, it was rough enough that now I can appreciate where I am. So I remember feeling very overwhelmed when I first started working just because there's so much to know. It's a very large hospital and coming home, like being very exhausted. Like for the first couple of months, I would nap every day after work. I was just very, very tired. But it does get better. Um, the more you do things, the better you do become at it. And you kind of find your own method of um, getting your work done. Awesome, awesome. We have a question from a grade 10 student from Winnipeg. Uh, what is your favorite part about being a pharmacist? Probably my most favorite part is knowing that even though people might not see the work that I do, that the work that I do is still really valuable. So I think that's something that I appreciate and enjoy the most about my work and also my work friends. <laughs> we also have another question from a high school student in grade 12, also from Winnipeg. And the student is wondering how are your working hours like as a pharmacist? Is it okay. flexible? So it really does depend on what kind of pharmacist you are. Um, if you work in a more specialized area or, or let's say a clinic or in dialysis, you have very defined work hours. So maybe 8.30 to 4.30 or nine to five. I work in adult inpatients and for the most part, we're open um, from 7.30 to 3.45 would be the day shift. And then we have a midday shift that kind of bridges between the morning staff and the evening staff. And then we have evening shifts as well from 3.45 to 11.30. ICU pharmacy, they work seven to seven like nurses and they have 12 hour shifts. It can be very flexible. Um, when I was working wow. as a community pharmacist, I did relief pharmacy. So I got to choose which shifts I wanted to work for. So depending on what situation you're in or what um, your life circumstances are, it could be a really good option. Let's say you only wanted to work weekends or you only wanted to work evenings or only wanted to work days. There are ways to, to find flexibility with pharmacy. But for me, I work evenings, weekends, days, evenings, afternoons, everything really. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Looking back at your journey, overall, what advice would either of you um, give your younger selves before you've reached um, however far you've gone right now? Um, the, the biggest advice that you think would have stuck with you if you were still... Do you young. want me to go? Okay, I would say probably two sure, pieces yeah. of advice. One... Do as much research as you can. Explore different opportunities. Don't just pigeonhole yourself into one particular thing. So yeah, you might think you want to be a pharmacist, but why not work with a pharmacist for a day? See if that's something that you'd actually want to do. Um, and then the second point is like, it's not that deep. <laughs> I feel like in first year and all through high school, I was really stressed out about grades all the time. Like very, very anxious about academics. And yes, it's important to work hard, but at the same time, 
they your grades don't define who you are um you'll graduate and you'll like yeah there's some grades that i remember that i got but for the most part i don't really remember anything and no employer has ever asked me how i did on a pharmacokinetics exam or on a pharmaceutics exam so yes work hard but don't let your grades define who you are or where you think you can get to in life so those would be the two pieces of advice i would tell my younger self i think a couple of the things i'd probably add is to not be afraid to ask for help I think sometimes as a student, you feel like you're in it alone um, and you don't really know who to reach out to, when to reach out, um, and kind of, I guess, the resources that are available there for you if you do need help, whether that be academically, um, mentally, personally. I think, again, having yourself surrounded by a very supportive group makes it a lot better, especially if you're able to at least share those experiences or at least talk about it. I think for me personally, there were a lot of moments um, throughout my years in school where I, I felt very burnt out, um, almost close to giving up and not knowing if I'd want to continue. Um, but I think for me, the one thing that kind of stuck with me that always made me want to push through is I always went back to the very reason why I chose to go into the program. And I think it's, it's knowing the difference that you can make in someone else's life um, and just knowing, I guess, the role that you can have in their care. Um, sometimes in school that light seems very far away, um, but I think going on rotations is, is so valuable because you're actually able to see that as a student and that kind of what I guess keeps you going throughout your program. And I think I've had a lot of patients that I've had the, the opportunity to interact with who have really appreciated the amount of time, effort and care we've put in, I guess, to just making sure that they are aware of their medication, um, the effort that we put into researching things for them and just answering their questions. Um, I think it honestly builds such a great relationship. And again, the work, the practice that you do in community and hospital are very different, but I think regardless of where you go, that little bit of effort that you're willing to put in for your patient at the end of the day, I think they're greatly gonna appreciate. And I think that just reinforces, I guess, for, at least for myself, the very reason why I chose the profession um, so yeah, I think just supporting yourself with very, um, great people and I guess just going back to the very reason why you may have wanted to pursue the program will help you in the long run in my opinion. So yeah. Awesome. That's really great advice. Now, um, with the current pandemic, how has it affected you as a student in pharmacy, Snimmer, or, um, and you in your case as a pharmacist? I know like a lot of people during this pandemic, it's been very stressful um, and many of us have had to face so many challenges this past year. Um, but with the challenges, has there been any, I guess, happy or happy moments too? Or has it mostly just been just a huge challenge? Um, I think as a student, especially in fourth year um, and being like in UBSA, we've had to just be very innovative um, in ways that I would have probably never, ever imagined. And I'm sure you guys can all, like, you can both relate on to this extent because both of you doing this podcast is absolutely amazing. And I just want to say thank you again for allowing us to be a part oh. of it. Um, <laughs> but I can I can um, maybe share some of those challenges that we've had, even on UMSA. Just, we normally in pharmacy have a career fair um, that is an event that takes place in September where um, students are able to connect with future employers just to gain a bit more 
of an understanding of the different roles that students can go into after graduation. And I, I mean, this event is very important for fourth year students, especially just because um, this is essentially an event that helps build connections um, and allows you to take that step after graduation in terms of applying for um, a real pharmacy position. So that in itself was very challenging to coordinate, especially with everything being on online and people not being able to meet. Um, so we had to become very creative and um, we actually just had a career fair and for the most part, everyone very much appreciated the event and it went well, um, but it was a definitely um, stressful to plan, especially when no one, I guess, haven't gone through it before. Um, and I, and I mean, like also being in your final year, you kind of want to be with your class, um, especially in fourth year, you're only in school for two months before everyone kind of splits up and goes on rotation. So I think that was also challenging in itself where we were all looking forward to spending our last two months together, mostly enjoying our last two months because mm -hmm. there were a lot of events we had planned as, in, like as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was different too. So that perspective with the work things haven't really changed too much. Um, Obviously, there were requirements, um, I think back since March 2020, we had to wear masks at work with face shields. So that was probably the biggest change. And then also the shift in the workload. So there being fewer surgeries and more like just medicine, acutely ill patients. So our workload did get a lot busier. But I think for the most part, I was just really grateful and blessed to still have um, my job and still be able to go out and like serve and do what I was meant to do. Um, joyful things, happy things. I think my colleagues, um, we were still able to celebrate together. For example, one of my work friends had her baby at the end of last year. So that was very something like wonderful that we could all celebrate, Aww. like uh, despite all these things going on in the world yesterday, yeah, you still awesome. have reasons to smile and be yeah. happy. So I would say yeah. I just find Aww. reasons to celebrate, even no matter how small, <laughs> but for the most part, things didn't really change with work. Absolutely. Was the baby a boy or a girl? Baby was a boy. Was... Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Congratulations to your colleague. Definitely. You're you're right, right? It's not all there's um this wall that is kind of in front of us, but we just have to see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. tunnel yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's I, I kinda like that. We're gonna get into some um more looser questions now. So like if you weren't into pharmacy and you were you didn't decide to pursue pharmacy I'd probably what be a dentist would you be? where where would you be one of the two um. <laughs> oh yeah you had that um, option mine's yeah. like the very opposite of a new. Oh. i i really like to bake oh. and i was always like joke to myself that i would if pharmacy didn't work out i'd open up my own bake shop cool. and just travel the world <laughs> i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> we gotta write this um, down we gotta write this and down. i feel like i'm kind of happy i didn't pursue it because sometimes i think i enjoy it sometimes more as a hobby and um i like the fact that it's a hobby i feel some like sometimes when you get into something too much it becomes dreadful to do and so far it hasn't gotten there at that point but um i think in all honesty like i i did always like working with kids and i knew i wanted to do something um with kids in the future and i thought i thought either of becoming um a teacher or I even considered at one point um beating uh being a pediatrician as well mm. so I think that's kind of what I may have pursued if pharmacy didn't work out for me yeah bakers it's really interesting to hear either way right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love baking cookies banana bread oh, oh. do you have a favorite recipe um 
a lot of people like my banana bread. <laughs> oh, nice. Ooh. Why don't we know? Maybe after this pandemic is over. <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get to meet you guys <laughs> yet. True. We have to taste them. I'll give you yeah. some. <laughs> Sounds good. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So um, this is a very interesting question that I have. What is one myth about pharmacy that you want to debunk? We discount pills. <laughs> I knew you took mine. <laughs> I didn't go to school for four years to learn how to go by five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, that is very true. <laughs> um, I think one other one I have is um, just to echo what Anu mentioned it before. Um, pharmacists are a bigger part of the healthcare mm-hmm. team than most people would think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you are actually a part of the team and around with the team, you may not see, especially in hospital in itself, you may not see the pharmacist as much, um, but that doesn't mean they're not as involved in your care. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the role of the pharmacist behind the scenes. And like I'd mentioned before, you oftentimes won't even hear from the pharmacist unless there's something to intervene on. And I'm sure Anu probably has um, lots of experience based on her you know, um, recent work experience with an HSC, but I think it's always important for people to consider that there is a pharmacist there that does take care of your medications and wants to make sure that when you are leaving the hospital, your medication and therapy is appropriate. And sometimes I think just from my experience, even round or sorry, going on rotations, sometimes that might even just be overlooked. Um, so that's something I kind of want to mm. break the myth on as well. I know. I'd just like to ask, um, being a pharmacist, have you ever had See, we know, well, from my experience and from stories of my, my dad also, and um, my brother actually is um, a pharmacy technician, so. What type of patients have you had? Yeah, wide variety of patients. I think mm-hmm. when it, one thing that it's always stood out to me was mm-hmm. like when people are angry, they're usually not angry at you. And even translating this to hospital as well, people, when they're in the hospital, they're at their worst. So anything that they're saying or doing, you can't take it personally because people aren't, they're not feeling well, they're sick, they're in a the hospital. So getting past those um, challenges, differences, whatever they might be, and really seeking to provide care, no matter how frustrated they might be with you. So I think that's those are probably some of the mo- more interesting patients that I've had. But yeah, people can do very funny things with their medications, that's for sure. Sometimes <laughs> my dad yes. is like, Dad, you have to finish your antibiotics because. Or pharmacist. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. I gotta finish it, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we're gonna take it back to the more deeper, more um, uh, personal um, questions. What are or who are three people that have been the most influential people in your life? Um, People who have influenced me throughout the way have been a lot of my preceptors and professors that I've had within school itself. I think each one I could probably say that I've learned something from, which has really just helped almost mold me into the pharmacist that I hope to become one day in the future and that I'm still working towards. Um, I think just being on rotations as a student, you're able to interact with so many different pharmacists who are just so passionate about what they do. And I think seeing that really just inspires you and makes you want to almost be those, just basically do the same things that you can do for 
your patients as they can do for theirs, um, if that kind of makes sense. I think, yeah, each, each preceptor that I've had has just been absolutely amazing. And I think each one has taught me something very valuable, which I hope to kind of carry forward moving on. Um, I don't know if that's just biased towards I've just recently had to interact with them would probably be some of the pharmacists at St. Boniface Hospital. Uh, just the amount of interventions or things that they do for their patients is just amazing. And also, I was recently at a, I think I knew you went, you were oh, also yeah, at I was there. Um, I was at a <laughs> point clinic. Was. Um, Rexall. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that was also a phenomenal rotation and like that pharmacist, um, Solnas, she just puts in so much effort and care for her patients and just seeing the amount of things that she can do for them. And the fact that I think as a community pharmacist, the one great thing is you're able to just build such a great relationship with your patients to the fact that they really want to open up to you and talk to you about their health. Um, which sometimes I think can be hard for patients to do, which is completely understandable. But just knowing that that relationship is there just makes it a little bit easier, I guess, or a little bit, um, I guess, more comforting to provide care, um, especially if they're willing to talk to you about things that are going on in their life. And I think that rotation really was an eye-opening experience to me because um, I got to see so much of it. Um, so I think that was incredible in itself. Um, but yeah, besides like professors and um, yeah, preceptors that I've had, I, I would probably say parents. My parents have also been quite influential in my life. Um, I actually wasn't born in Canada. <laughs> I came from India. I came here when I was four. So I think growing up, I could probably say I've gotten my work ethic from them, seeing kind of how they, um, you know, worked when we were kids to kind of the position that we are now. I think I appreciate it, um, just how much effort and time they put into raising us and wanting the best for us. Um, so I think the, my parents definitely were influential in my life. Um, wow, we have a lot almost of the same influences. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, it was the same and person. The same I would say for me as well, my parents definitely played a huge role. Um, if you remember to my earlier story of why I chose to pursue pharmacy, they were really the ones that pushed me to that whatever you do, you can be the best at whatever you do. So definitely my parents. Um, I also was not born in Canada. I came here when I was five years old from Nigeria. And like seeing how hard my parents worked um, when we first came just to make sure that we were able to like, kind of move forward in life and just the emphasis they placed on education. So I owe so much to all the different teachers and professors that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, I can't even begin to think of how many people, like how many professors and teachers have encouraged me, especially when I felt like I wasn't able, like, capable of doing things and people that have like spent extra time like, going over things with me just to make sure that I yeah. fully understood them. So yeah, definitely my parents, teachers, and professors, and then my preceptors as well. Stimma mentioned Solmaz. This woman, I don't know how she does it, but she's able to build such a fantastic relationship with her patients. And she doesn't just do it because she has to, like she genuinely cares for her patients. I think that was kind of like the, whoa, mm -hmm. like I can do this too. So yeah, those would be my three main influences, yeah. I would say, when it comes to pharmacy. Yeah. That's so great to hear. Mm -hmm. I can definitely relate to having your parents as the most influential people in my life as well. Like I was born here, but my parents are from the Philippines mm -hmm. and they immigrated here and they've worked so hard to just build everything from the ground up and to make sure that I have a future here. Mm -hmm. So I can definitely relate to that. All right. So we're on our last question. <laughs> so our listeners, um, mostly are high school students or mm -hmm. somewhere in junior high. So what advice can you 
give those students who may be interested in going into pharmacy, but not even just pharmacy, maybe in the healthcare and sort of what advice can you give them to sort of keep them motivated on, on a passion, on something that they're passionate about? I would say you can do it. Just keep trying, even if it feels like really hard or that it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. You definitely can do it. If I can do it, you guys can definitely do it. So <laughs> just keep trying is what I would say. I think I would agree with Anu and also build on top of don't let the fear of failure keep you from pursuing your dreams. I think sometimes people, some, like at least from my experience, if things don't work out the first time, it doesn't mean it won't work out the second time. Um, so keep trying and keep persevering. If you don't make it one day or if you don't make it today, you'll, almost, you'll always make it um, another day. So I think that's always important to just keep um, in your mind moving forward, um, regardless of what that be, whether that be pharmacy, another profession, um, you know, always keep going after the very reason why you may have chose something, because if you're that passionate about it, then there's probably a reason why you should be there. So awesome. Great advice. <laughs> totally agree. I'm going to write both of those because I'm going to use yeah. that for both. myself also. <laughs> Thank you. Very well said. I think Ramirez going to write a book, yeah. probably. <laughs> so, so anyways, that I've learned so brings much. us to the end of our interview. And mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for uh, joining us once again. Um, and do you have any other thoughts or advice or yeah, any final advice for uh, our listeners? For the most part in healthcare is very eager to help and answer questions. So don't be shy, reach out. <laughs> yeah, and I would say like, also like try to find yourself a mentor, mm. even if you're interested in pursuing a certain um, field within healthcare, whether that be pharmacy or any other profession, just have yourself a mentor. I find that's the best way just to get a very um, detailed inside view of what the program is actually like. Um, and also I just wanted to say thank you both for allowing us <laughs> thank to you be guys. here today to talk about this. Um, it, it's been such an exciting experience. We've, I've always dreamed about doing a podcast. Yeah, I, don't know I, get to do I get to check it off. Yeah, it's awesome. Off list. Uh, yeah. So no, thank you guys for putting this together. I know it thank was, you. you guys put in so much thank work. You. So, no, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, uh, Snimmer and Anu for joining our final episode on this farm survival guide series um to our listeners thank you for listening we hope you learned something new uh, remember to follow us at lts underscore u of m on instagram twitter and facebook to be updated on our upcoming events also feel free to follow and subscribe to wherever you listen to our podcasts um, we are pretty much everywhere uh, spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and more just search up let's talk sciences declassified stem survival guide and you should find us and um yeah Ramir, you'll edit that yeah <laughs> all right thank awesome you. thank you guys so really much great. we're so appreciative <laughs> of having you thank you you did <laughs> it it was, it was great it was really great <laughs> we had yeah. an awesome time all right but take care you guys thank you so much thanks and have well. a good bye night bye all the best Namar. bye you too you're welcome bye guys bye. good luck <laughs> yeah, you too new bye Bye guys. Thank bye you. Audrey. Bye Ramir. Thank you. Bye. Hello. Yeah. I can hear you. I'm using Google Chrome right now. Doesn't like Safari for some reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it happens. Technology is weird. <laughs> Wait. I just got a question. How do we pronounce your name? Yeah. I definitely have to agree with. I'm sure that I wrote.
Yeah. I think it's gone. Yeah, you're good. That's weird. You're probably gonna have lots of editing to do on this one. A lot of editing, yeah. Together, let's declassify the classified. classified.